everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi. My guest today is George Tandy Jr. George is a humanist, an all-around musical creative by nature, and a wellness-focused artist by nurture. And you know I love that. Today we have an amazing conversation, one that started off with a somewhat narrow topic around creating from a healthy, emotional place, to one that really talks about why joy and happiness and tapping into our humanity is the true thing that is going to bring us success in the form of joy (laughs) in our lives. So I think that you are going to absolutely love this episode. We tap into so many topics, including comparisonitis, including what to do and what to explore when maybe your friends or family aren't porting or showing up for your music the way that you want them to and so so much more so we're gonna dive in in just a second but before we do this episode is brought to you by my course from stressed to success doors to my signature course are open now through july 30th 2020 so be sure to head over to bit.ly slash from stressed to success to grab your spot now From Stress to Success is the only program of its kind for women in music that helps you get clear on your career goals and a plan to reach them without burnout and while overcoming the specific mindset blocks that can hold you back. So if you resonate with anything we're talking about in this episode, then I really think that From Stress to Success is going to be the perfect starting point for you. It just so happens that George and I have a really great conversation that is so in line with exactly what I teach inside of this course. So I'm so glad that the timing worked out for me to be able to bring you this conversation and for you to be able to have a really easy way to take the next steps in your journey if you feel aligned to do so. So I welcome you into the course. Head to bit.ly slash from stress to success to enroll now before July 30th. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, George, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. What up, Katie? How you feeling? I am doing great. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and how you got into music. Okay, cool. So my name is George Tandy Jr. Um, I am a singer-songwriter. Primarily, I'm just a creative guy, you know, a happy creative guy in that order. And um, I come from a family of musicians. So my dad's a jazz keyboardist. My my both my moms uh, are vocal coaches and they sing and my siblings all play. So I basically grew up in that environment. That was uh, like a language we spoke. So, mm, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and I just love it. What got you from just being someone who grew up with music to being an artist who wanted to share your message with the world. Cause I know sometimes it's like, all right, I grew up with music. This is the only way to go. But I think that making the decision to do it yourself and put it out there yourself is a pretty big one because you're sharing your own message. Yeah. There's so many answers to that. I think primarily my interest in music was synonymous with my interest uh, in my dad. So since we didn't, I didn't necessarily grow up with him all the time in the house, I thought that since I can't really get to know him, if I get to know music, when I do get around him, we'll have something to talk about or he'll be proud of me or something, like something to relate on. So that was me prior to sharing it. That was just me like using it as therapy and using it as a way to communicate with my dad. Um, but when I entered into the artist world, I entered as a, a professional dancer. And oh, that's so cool. 
yeah so like i was i was playing instruments and then when i became an adult i started to like produce behind the scenes but on stage i was a dancer right so i did that i taught and i traveled and then after a while to be honest with you i was just trying i was metaphorically and literally tired of dancing around the music <laughs> i think that i was just being i was like getting as close as i could without taking that leap right and i started writing songs that i was like nobody's going to express this the way that i can because it's mine like it came from me you know what i'm saying so i need to just go ahead and do it and just jump take that leap yeah yeah i'm so glad i asked because i didn't realize that it was kind of like a roundabout way. Like you yeah. grew up with music and then you were a dancer. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to dive into talking about creating from an emotionally healthy place. And I'm really excited for this conversation because I think in the music industry, there is a lot of hype or attention around being sad or being yeah. depressed and writing from a place of that. Now, obviously there's tons of happy music out there, but I feel that there's also a stereotype of like the best music comes when you're kind of fucked up. Like, let's just right. be honest. Yeah, so yeah. this is really important to me because of course my whole message is that you don't have to be burnt out. You don't have to be stressed. You don't have yeah. to be depressed or anxious or anything to be successful. So before we dive into more of the tangibles of this, what led you to the path of discovering this idea yourself? I think I did fall into that. I, I actually did believe in the beginning stages of creating and kind of just being absorbed in the world of creating that, you know, I write the best stuff when everything is fucked up around me. You yeah, know? yeah. There may have been some truth to that because there's so much content available. So, um, ultimately the question is like do you do did i want a sustainable career or did i want to be able to sustain the output of creativity and enjoy it or was i willing to sacrifice my well-being for everyone else you know in a sense it's like i'm going to basically just dig into myself everyone gets to benefit from the experience except for me because I'm not growing from it necessarily. Mm. So I think that I realized that there's a difference between emotionally charged and emotionally driven music and like uh, having a capacity to use emotional content for the music and then also enjoy my life. You know what I mean? Yes, and I, I wanna just like emphasize that. Listeners, go back and re-listen to that part if you need to because there's totally difference from being in a place where you're actively feeling the emotions and constantly um, writing from that place or even maybe like forcing yourself to get into a place where you feel sad or down or angry or whatever it might be to, to be able to write versus going through the feelings. Cause like we're all human. We're all going to feel these things. We're not saying you have to be happy all the time, but going through these things, working through it yourself and then being able to write acknowledging those emotions. Maybe you're even still writing songs that are sad, but you're not kind of um, stuck in it or harping on it, but instead you're growing from it. So just wanted to reemphasize that because you said it so perfectly. And I think that, that that's really like the key here that I want to dive into. For sure. Yes. So what tools did you use as you did start to realize this that it wasn't sustainable to write this way to be able to change the way you approached your creativity and change the way you approached your writing. So I, um, as well as being in a family full of musicians, uh, my parents, at least on my dad's side, practiced Buddhism, practiced Nichiren Daishonin's Buddhism. And so I was exposed to this philosophy 
that is anchored in uh, this concept that every human being is equally and infinitely worthy of dignity and respect. And it is up to each human being to practice that on a daily basis and not just mentalize that and, and believe that in a theoretical realm, right? So I was exposed to chanting Namyo Renge Kyo and practicing Buddhism and, it, it, and being a part of that community forced me to reflect on what do I intend to really create with my life? And do I primarily identify as an artist or a human being? And what became important, and it's still something that I'm working through, is centering humanism so that my art can benefit, rather than thinking that because I'm an artist, I'm automatically going to have a, ha have a happy life. Um, so switching that allowed me to give even more value to the sad emotions, like able to see the wisdom that came from that sadness because I yeah. started to make different choices, you know, around the content of those, that music, if it was a sad song about something. But I, I, I chose to improve relationships based on the experience of that song rather than try to regenerate that experience so I can keep making these awesome sad songs. You know? Right, right. What stuck out to me with what you were just saying was the idea that I feel like a lot of musicians um, kind of grab an, onto that saying that if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And, you know, you just said like, am I an artist or am I a human? I feel like sometimes it's so easy to get that convoluted because it's like, oh, I just, I love music so much. It's my whole being and it's what I do for work, but it doesn't feel like a job. But the truth is music is a, it is a job. If you're, if you're doing it full time, being creative is a job in a way. So it's like, how do we find that balance between like not having it be our entire life and being able to kind of distance ourselves and separate ourselves so that we do stay grounded in our humanity? Does anything like pop up for you with that saying in particular? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you mean the part about <laughs> if if you're doing what you love, you're not working a day in your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you love your life, you don't have to make those distinctions, right? If you yeah. already love your life, there's no, that sentence is just kind of voided already. And for me, what I learned through uh, the practice and in multiple conversations with artist friends and stuff is like, what am I using this for? So if I'm an artist, I'm an artist everywhere I go. I'm, right. I'm creating everywhere I go, in the grocery store, in this conversation, like wherever I am, the point is to have an exchange that creates some sort of uh, like uh, lightening of the human spirit or emboldening, of, emboldening of, a, of the human spirit, a sharing, an exchange. That opportunity is there all the time. If we think that it's only when we're in the studio or only when we're on stage, we're missing out on 99% of life and of opportunities, at least that's what I've, I've experienced. And I, I went down that whole rabbit hole and I, I don't like it there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like it there. Can you talk a little bit more about how we can kind of ground down into our humanity? Because this is not a concept that we've talked about a ton on the podcast. And it's one that I feel like our listeners might need a little bit more support and context around. Sure. So um, my mentor, uh, his name is Daisaku Ikeda. He's actually, um, uh, he practices Buddhism and, he, and through his writings, I've learned how to practice and I can continue to learn how to practice. And he has this quote that I really appreciate. Uh, he says, quote, the eyes of a poet discover in each person a unique and irreplaceable humanity, while arrogant intellect seeks to control and manipulate the world 
the poetic spirit bows with reverence before its mysteries, right? So it, that's so beautiful to me because as artists, we're, we're, we're so nuanced in our approach to the world, right? On one hand, we need to be very absorbed. In some senses, I feel like I need to be self-absorbed because in there is content, right? That's going to give the heart to, the, to whatever piece I'm working on, right? And even the ego and the intellect needs to be able to know how to manipulate numbers and manipulate timing and all those things. It's very important that we're precise with what we're doing, right? But that, that it's when arrogance becomes the primary sort of like, I, because I put in all this work, I deserve success. I deserve a happy life. I deserve the response to this art that I'm creating. I deserve, deserve, deserve. It's, that's not a bridge building exercise. So if I just keep my poetic spirit as my primary source of like joy and my, my, and I use that as a tool, I'm looking for what is the human aspects of what I'm doing right now? How can I keep that alive while I all, while I respect my craft? And I think everybody, I believe that everybody has the ability to do that, but if we aren't having conversations, thank you to you, like people like you that are willing to have these types of conversations, an artist can go their whole life and never even hear this. They think that they have to be so absorbed that they sacrifice a whole lot of other joys and a whole lot of other breakthroughs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if for someone who's listening and might be thinking like, I'm already struggling with self-doubt and feeling worthy and feeling deserving as it is, and now George is saying you created this art, you're, you're not like automatically deserving of success, this kind of thing. What would you say to that? Is it that we're inherently deserving of everything? It's not related to what we're specifically creating or doing? I think, yes, we're inherently able, well, first of all, worthy of uh, enjoying our life, right? Of being absolutely happy, regardless of how circumstances change around us, how people or anything responds to what we put out. So long as we're rooted in our true intentions, if we're rooted in something that's beyond us, then there's this like uh, a well of uh, basically curiosity that allows us to give meaning to those feelings of self-doubt. If we didn't feel that, we wouldn't be able to like encourage anybody ever. Right. Right? So if art isn't to encourage other people, I don't know what it's for. And if living and being a human being isn't to enjoy and encourage other people, then I, I don't know, then I can't, I, I can't think of any better ideas than that. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think like, it's quite okay. Like nobody's gonna like a, arrive at this plateau where, oh, I made it. I'm ne I don't never feel self-doubt again. I never know. It's what, how we use those things, right? They'll use those experiences. And I really hope that, you know, we're able to continue conversations like this where people can be like, I feel what I feel. What I'm not going to do is disrespect myself because I feel this way or anybody else and blame them and try to hold them accountable for fixing me mm, by yes. doing what I want them to do, i.e. liking my music or buying my music or making me this superficial version of success. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. This, I, I have a question for you because I'm curious what you think about this. I have had a few clients lately who have, and I've had this happen too, and maybe you have, but like 
when you're in the thick of doing your artist thing and maybe you have a, a show or you're performing or you just released music. And this happened to one of my clients recently where she worked really hard on a release that she was kind of sitting on for a while and she finally put it out there and her close friends who are not musicians, so they're not really in that world, did not support her the way that she expected them to. And I think that this happens a lot where as artists, we are like putting our heart and soul out there. We're doing the business aspect of it. We're booking the gigs. We're doing the promotion. We're doing all these things. And then we show up and we feel like those who are close to us aren't, um, me aren't meeting our expectations as to how we expect them to support us, to listen to our music, to share the thing we asked them to share or whatever. What are your thoughts on kind of just like that idea in general, because I think that that is a pattern that I see somewhat frequently in the music industry, if I'm being honest. I find that other artists or other creatives, other musicians are great about supporting their creative friends, but those who are generally outside of that world aren't as good. So what are your thoughts on that? Primarily our conversation and all, all your conversations based on what I've researched about you are about artist well-being, right? Mm -hmm. So if, um, we are only able to articulate how we feel through our craft and we can only take courageous steps through our craft. Again, we're missing out on other opportunities. Yes. If, if, if we truly value those relationships and our craft and how people, you know, perceive what we're doing or value what we're doing, then we'd be willing to at least have a conversation with our friends that aren't necessarily promoting our work the way that we want to mm -hmm. about how it makes us how how it affects our, us from an emotional standpoint right not from a like you should or you should feel guilty or i you owe me this but i just want to let you know or i'm actually curious about uh what is your perception of what i'm doing what do you think yeah. How much research are we willing to do actually one-to-one -one Yes. rather than relying on posts and sort of passive, uh, passive productive ways of promoting the most productive uh, way of promoting is one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do you think about what I'm doing? Do you like it? And if you don't, why? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like get in there with them so you can refine what you're doing. So more people want to promote it, you know? Yes. And I think a key thing there too, is that like, you didn't say, this is how you're making me feel. You're making me feel when you I do this. <laughs> I know. I just saw, I saw you all said it. I caught myself. But you did. It's hard. I mean, listen, I'm a coach too. I'm a podcaster. Like I do that all the time. And I always, I always try to watch my language because it's true. Like no one else can make you feel anything. And that can be a really hard pill to swallow. But the, message that I'm getting from you that I'm so loving is that you are responsible for your own emotions and your own actions and how you choose to show up in this world. And if someone else isn't showing up in a way that is supporting you or in a way that you're, um, <laughs> that you're liking for lack of a better word, then you either have the options to speak with them and be communicative about it and set the boundaries that you need to set. Like you said, get the feedback you need to get, actually like get out there and talk to people instead of just operating solely from yourself or decide, okay, maybe this relationship just isn't for me and that's okay. But I find so often just as a humanity, this isn't even a music industry thing, but we are, 
and I'm totally generalizing here, but like a lot of people are afraid of confrontation and communication. And then that ends up leaving us in a worse place than we want to be just because we weren't able to have the important conversations at the beginning or even at the end when they were really necessary. Are we willing to accept the fact that people, some people are going to think that what we made sucks and even the people, especially the people closest to us. Like my wife is, is a choreographer, right? I'm very careful about when I present anything to her that's visual because she's more so she's a visual artist. She just yeah. happens to use bodies to make things happen. Right. So I'm sensitive. We're all sensitive. And I think having a, a sort of self, a self investigation process where we know at what point is this ready to be shown to what people, what, what level of relationship, right? So the people closest to us, we're going to be most sensitive about. Some of us might mm-hmm, be, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe wait a little longer, uh, you know, until you're completely confident that the idea is fully developed, right? It needs to be more, the process needs to be more nuanced even after something is created, you know, uh, just as nuanced as the creative process for the sake of both people. Because I definitely don't want anybody to lose any relationships around art, right? Yeah. What's the point? What's the, what's the point? You know, that song is not going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, call me up in the middle of a pandemic. My friend is. Yeah. The song is not. Yeah, yeah, so true. What's your take on balancing getting feedback versus being confident in your art and being able to, even if you get feedback from a family member or a close person that you don't quite love, being able to just say like, hey, it's, it's actually cool that you don't like it. I don't really like need you to like it and I'm okay with that because I feel really strong and grounded with my art. Do you think it's just about the stage at which we present it to them or is it more about how we're approaching it internally? Yeah, I wouldn't even make those things mutually exclusive, right? So like I, all of it, right? So why not all of it? Everything else is that way. Yeah. We get unsolicited feedback like and then as artists, we're in a position to be able to kind of like, not control, but guide that process. Why not do it in a way that's true to ourselves for the sake of the relationship? The relationship is more valuable than the art. I'm going to be honest. The art is there to fortify the relationship. You know, we get to know more about the person. If they don't like it, we just learn something more about that person. That's a benefit. I, I, I would consider that a benefit. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't like this style or you don't like that sort of combination of words or that melody or whatever. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, it's good to know. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't mean you, you're not going to hear any more of that from me because I like what I like. You're going to have to deal with it. Right. Right. But, right. But you don't have to listen to it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to go, take away from that conversation and and mull over the fact that they didn't like it. Should you change it? And yeah. how, do you, how do you impress them? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So going back to our discussion around, um, creating from a healthy place, what are your, what is your process? If you feel like you are in a place where you're working through some emotions, how do you deal with that? And how do you make sure that you are doing the work to actively create from a healthy place, as opposed to falling into, you know, negative cycles, obviously you have been doing this for a while, but if you were to give advice to someone who's just trying to start this habit, what's, the advice you would give them? 
my process right now, because I, you know, I have to give context, right? So I, I don't want to sit here and act like I made it, right? I, I'm, the reason I'm speaking so passionately about this, because I'm, I'm do, doing my best to put it into practice right now, because I didn't in the past, right, right? Right. Because I suffered behind these things in the past on multiple levels, whether it was within the family or with uh, previous uh, business relationships where I wasn't, uh, my process wasn't necessarily valued and it wasn't prioritized to find out, you know, what is your process? Like, wh who are you and why are these things done these ways important to you? And I went through a time where I was blaming them for not having that sort of interest in me. And we could all blame everyone around us. But ultimately, it's my responsibility to be even more curious about myself. So right now, it's just like, I just want to enjoy, simply enjoy this. So I'm willing to step away from it. I'm willing to share what I want to share and not share anything at all whenever I want. But getting started, it's like, just root, root, let's root ourselves in the joy of creating because it is, we're so fortunate to be able to do it. If we have time to create something, um, we're free in those moments. We're exercising a freedom that a lot of people don't even realize they have. You know what I mean? Like, how much do we value that? And it, like, I, I'm trying to value that so much that not only am I going to share something that's uh, dear to me and that I feel like will be impactful, um, but I, I would like to share things that inspire conversation beyond the art, right? That start conversations that go beyond four minute a four minute song so someone starting out just enjoy it you know and don't feel obligated to be the best to make the most money for and definitely don't expect everyone to like it just enjoy it yourself be honest with yourself you know what I mean Definitely. Now, obviously on this podcast, we love to talk about wellness in general and wellness habits and things that support um, this idea of creating from a healthy space. So what are the routines or habits or things that you've integrated into your life to really support this? Yeah. So I am uh, <laughs> divorcing myself from my inner professional procrastinator. And, uh, <laughs> and the way that I'm doing that, it, because I want to enjoy the process is like, first of all, I chant and like, I make sure that I'm like, I, I make sure that I'm like rooted in my spiritual beliefs. That is really important to me. And then also I'm, I'm rooted in the value of my relationships. So I guess practices I wake up. I work out, I get my body going so that it can actually do things. I like stretch and then I chant and then I study. And then the way I grew up, go throughout the day, creating the day so that I don't get burned out and I don't get bored with myself or overly complicate ideas is I work for like, or I'll create for like 45 minutes to an hour and I stop and I walk for 15 minutes and make a call and see how someone's doing, call somebody or connect with somebody. And then I come back. 45 minutes to an hour. And the thing that it's been, that's really been valuable about that is that I understand that within that 45 minutes to an hour, like I want to make the most of it. Like, and I want to quickly trust myself, quickly trust my decisions, quickly change my mind, quickly build, 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 walk away, come back, 
like, and then honestly respond to what I just did, you know, so that I can keep that going. So it feels like a, it just feels like constant activity. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm making sense, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like it's, it's constant activity, but it's not in the way that's super draining. Cause I feel like some people, a lot of people have constant activity where it's like, I'm working on this project then I'm recording this song then I'm doing this thing then I'm doing this thing, but it's so draining because they're approaching it from a different kind of energy. And pro- most likely the work that they're doing as well, isn't work that they feel hundred percent aligned with this. Sure. I mean, even the way you're talking about it, you just sound super energized, but what you're doing, not burnt out. Sure. Yeah. I guess it would be to your point, it would be constantly refreshed. Yeah. Constantly refreshing. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you do in your process as well, because it sounds like you're really good inherently just in how you've structured it at avoiding perfectionism. And I think perfectionism is another thing that can get us stuck in an unhealthy creative place rather than a creative place because, or a healthy creative place, because then we're focusing so much on like tweaking this little thing and getting so caught up in like this little area or making sure it's absolutely perfect before we just put it out there. And not only is that damaging for our energy, our mental health and whatnot, but it's also just limiting us from creating more work because we're getting so bogged down by like making sure one thing is perfect. What are your thoughts on that? Perfectionism allows me to never finish anything. And that validates my feelings of unworthiness. And that validates insecurities, that validates uh, my hesitation, that validates like, uh, uh, it basically gives power to my inner weakness or my lesser self, right? You know, I, I would prefer to be perfect in essence than perfect in form because you're gonna feel me. You're going to feel me regardless. And if, and, and the people that, that trust and respect me, they'll correct me in a way that makes me feel good. They were like, yo, that was dope. However, don't change anything. But next time you do something like this, consider this. So if I focus on the essence of my intentions, then I'm going to invite the type of like vibes back. You use that word a lot. The, the vibe back that, that um, feels really good. Like, like, people will give me constructive criticism and I'll be able to build on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's true. I really like to talk about energy and like the energy that you're attracting and the the vibration. That's why I say vibes, like the vibration that you're, that you are operating from because exactly what you said, if you are putting a work of art out that came from a really stressful place and feels really stressful and you feel like as you press submit or publish or whatever it is, you're thinking, I don't even know if it's ready. Uh, Like people are going to feel that. But if you come from a place of just like, I'm so excited to share this message. I can't wait to get it out. This is awesome. Then people are going to feel that too. And they probably won't even be as caught up in all the things you might've been worried about as you think they would. Um, They might give feedback, but they also might just really be into it and so supportive of it. And you might be surprised what happens when you let go of that perfectionism. Why do we think that we in like for me it's like the in the music world, right? When a rapper does a song where they're singing and it hits, you're just like, this is what I need right now. Yeah. It's not about like, oh, that note was a little flat and la la. 
nobody cares yeah. at the end of the day. What yeah. people care about is how does it make them feel? Even in conversation, right? So we started off talking about the value of like um, relationships, right? Versus like, am I a human first or am I an artist first? Like what's more important? You liking my art or us being able to respect each other in the moment? That's all conversation. I can find all the right words for this conversation and say all the right things, all the wrong things at the same time. Yeah. All the right words, all the wrong things happen, right? But I can simplify and just be rooted in who I am, what I intend to do with it, right? Put it out like I just say what I feel. More often than not, I get a, a more positive response. I'm able to build on that with somebody. It's the same with art for me. I don't know yeah. what it's like for everybody else. Yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts on comparisonitis are. You know, on social media, it's so easy to see other colleagues, other friends, other people doing this, that, and the other thing and feeling like it can either impact what we feel like we should create, what we do create, or how we feel about ourselves. Now, obviously, we've talked a lot about, you know, just like self-worth in general, but particularly when it comes to social media, do you have any thoughts on how we can have a healthier relationship with that? What's that term you use? I like it. Com comparisonitis? Yes. Is that what you said? Goodness yes. gracious. Is that you? Is that your, is that, is that, that a is thing? A th no, people, that's a thing. Yeah. I like that. It okay. is the, it is the, I don't know, what does itis mean? Disease is like, the yeah, disease yeah, of comparing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay. Comparisonitis. Yeah. Um, I think there's value in seeing other, what other people are doing. I think there's some value in it, right? It's 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 like for me, uh, I struggle with that, right? Uh, a couple, three, maybe three years ago, two or three years ago. It's it's hard, especially when if you see an artist that has a similar vibe to you, like a similar approach, a similar uh, visual aesthetic, a similar. There's a lot of similarities, and then you and then if you're feeling insecure all those things are similar. And then you go look at the viewer count, you go look at the followership, you go look at this and this and this, and start to think that, uh, you know, you start to be like, well, how come I'm, why not me, right? So I feel like it will deplete our creative resources to constantly compare ourselves to other people but we can enrich our creative, our creativity if we're looking at other people, looking for what to like and looking to respect their efforts. Other people are doing what they're doing because they care about what they're doing. They're not even looking at us, right? Like they're not, hopefully, they're not spending their time comparing themselves to other people. We've got time to compare ourselves to other people and sit there and be like, Why, well, how come? That same time could be used to create something that we're proud of or that we enjoy. So for me at this moment, it's like wasted time is wasted life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love the way you put that. And the coach in me feels compelled to add too that it is not all about numbers. Like you might go to someone's page and see they have a high follower count, but that doesn't mean that they have good relationships with those that are following them and they're fans or community or whatever you want to call it. And so, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all coming back. Like everything we've talked about in this conversation, relationships are so important. And if you have a low follower count, you could still 
be creating the, the success that you are trying to call in, the money that supports you in your life, like whatever it is that you desire really that brings you joy, you can still have that with a low follower count, with a low this, that, or the other thing. Like all of those numbers don't even matter. But if you make yeah. them matter, if you give them a meaning, then that's how you'll get super bogged down with it. Right. And like, uh, what's the point of, <laughs> it's like me, like, what is the point of me paying attention if, if we were able to see each other's bank accounts? What is the point of me counting someone else's money? For what? I'm just getting my hands dirty. Yeah. You know, that's it. That's all I'm doing is getting my hands dirty because I can't spend it. Right. So I need to look at how, what's the value of my relationship with the people that are supporting me, whether it's five or 10 or 20, whatever. If, if that's truly enriched, those people will, will support throughout a lifetime. So I wonder sometimes, and even for me is what I'm working through it, uh, from the past is like, do we want to sustain a healthy living or do we want some sort of burst of external validation that feels like we can escape from everyday human problems? One is delusional, the other isn't. Can we guess which one is which, right? The problems are going to be there regardless. Like the issues and challenges are going to be there regardless. Are we stimulating joy in our life through something that we say we enjoy? I want to enjoy this thing no matter what. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have the yeah. right. We might as well exercise that right to enjoy our lives yeah. through our crap. And it comes with making money too. Like if you're trying to make money just for the sake of having money for security or safety or because you want to hit that number and you're forcing it and you're just like coming from a place of like i need this i'm desperate for it i'm forcing it then like guess what it's it's not gonna come but if you are operating from a place of joy and you're just like welcoming it in then yeah that's gonna feel so much better and it's most likely gonna bring you way more too yeah for sure yeah yeah i agree and like what are you gonna use the money for if you, I mean, some of us are going to make a lot of it, but for what? Yeah. What are you going to use it for? I feel like it's all about what are we using this experience for? Is yeah. it just for us or is it for other people? We'll write songs and create pieces about causes that we care about. Will the money go in the same direction? Mm. Right? Yes. Will our fame, will the attention that we get, will we... Will we use that and throw power in the same direction as the causes that we speak up on in our art? Yeah, there's, there's like a, I don't know if it's a saying or just a teaching that I've heard, but basically the idea of like people wait and they say like, once I make $100,000, then I'll donate to charity. And so the, the saying or the idea is that if you're not doing that now with your $10, you're not going to do it once you make x amount however much you think you have to make and so i really just pulling from what you said there i love the concept of thinking about like what are your values who are you as a person what causes and things do you want to support like do you want money just so that you feel like you said validated or you feel supported of course if you're feeling those things then i would encourage you to get a coach and <laughs> explore a therapist and explore those things because like money's not gonna fix your problems but absolutely yeah right but it's like you have to figure out what is your purpose what are are your core values and how do you want to use all resources including money to support that 
I personally don't like, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to attract wealth because you can do great things with it. And if money is in the power of people who are going to do things with great things with it, then we're all going to be better off. But if you're not clear with where that money's going to go in the first place, you've got to get clear on that. And you've got to get clear on who you are, why you're here and what you're going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think that I, I believe that well said, by the way, I believe that happy people focus on creating a, a type of inner fortune and richness that cannot be bought. Right. Mm-hmm. And because of that fortune and that inner richness and that wisdom, they they're able to, they have the energy to look at the reality and the reality is our society part of living in society and surviving and creating value in society is having money. Right. So I, I want a lot of money. What I want most is absolute happiness and a resilience in the face of obstacles so that uh, when I'm confronted with any sort of circumstance that I care about, not only am I throwing money at it, but am I able to, if I want to, but primarily I'm able to throw energy into relationships that will help transform it in the long run, right? The, 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 the money will only be sort of like a, a temporary fix. Yeah. But I feel like it's a transformation in the human spirit and the human perception of how to move through this world that is going to change a lot of the inequities in the world, right? In the first place. Yeah. It's like, if you feel like you're going to show up happier or you're going to spend more time with friends or do this, that, or the other thing, just because you have money, like you can do that now. You could just start doing that now. You can start showing. And that goes with anything. If you feel like you're going to show up in X, Y, Z way, once you get this number of fans or this amount of money or this validation from this person, like take that feeling and just start to embody it now and that's going to lead you to the path um that you want to be on it's not the thing it's it's the feeling it's who you are it's how you show up how'd you learn that how did i learn that honestly i feel like it's just been a combination of all of the personal development work i've done well it's awesome like i admire your perspective on things and i i don't know if the format of your podcast is just for me to respond to your questions but i'm equally curious about like you so maybe that's another conversation (laughs) off of this thing but like yeah like happy artists will win in every endeavor right including finances yeah totally well if you have questions for me feel free to ask them (laughs) we can totally change the format of this podcast it's go with the flow as this whole conversation has been anyway what do you think the role of an artist could be right now i think that as artists it's so important for us to just do really nothing but stay true to the message that we want to share. Now, there's a lot going on in the world right now. So that message might be more important and more impactful than ever. But kind of just in the same vein of what we've been talking about, I think that we have nothing if we don't have relationships with people. Inherently, by releasing music, I mean, musicians are the main people listening to this podcast, so if we're talking about musicians specifically, you can say a lot with a song and you can get a lot through to people with a song. So the question is just like, what do you want to say? How do you want to say it? And what does it mean to you to connect with people, maybe even educate people or give people a new perspective or share your experience through music? You know, as an artist, I think you also have the opportunity to help people 
heal or feel supported or feel in community. I mean, there's so many songs out there of people's experiences with tough things and you listen to that. You, f- I mean, even myself, like I've, the listeners know that I've struggled with anxiety. I've written songs about it, uh, anxiety and I've heard so many songs about anxiety that really make you feel connected just through that. So I really think it's just about sharing your experience and doing the best you can to be genuine with that. What about you? Absolutely. No, absolutely. Like I feel, you know, um, the power is in the experience and the experience is always going to include, there is no real experience to share unless there is something that we're struggling with and that we overcame or that we're even in the middle of overcoming. Yeah. Here's the thing. This is the thing that I like, I, I really care about and I'm trying to learn how to practice. Right. So I feel like there's this misperception that people are only inspired by the trophies and, and like, I feel like some, some artists, including myself, uh, at some point would wait until the win happened mm. to share the experience yeah. rather than when they're in the thick of it saying this shit is happening right now, but I'm determined so that people know that in real time, not only are we pursuing our dreams and pursuing whatever ideals we have through our crafts, but that we're human beings that are in touch with our experience and, and that people are invited into that as well. Yeah. I think that's one of the benefits uh, that social media has provided to the world is that sort of transparency. Yeah. You know, whether it's authentic, whether it's overdone, whatever, boom, 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 that's up to the individual. But ultimately, like one-to-one, our artists talking to each other about what's actually happening right now with confidence. Yeah, I love your perspective on that, especially because I've heard several people like other coaches um talk about the fact that if you are going through something you might consider waiting until you've sort of dealt with it or are at the end of dealing with it to share what was going on and i think the reason for that is because honestly honestly i don't know maybe part of it is just to discourage the pressure of feeling like you have to show up and feel even when things are hard which of course like there you don't have to do anything but part of it might also to feel like you have to see more together or you have to have the answer or things like that but um i don't i don't i like you i don't agree with that i think that we can definitely share as we're going through something because what's the point of hiding it and then being like okay now everything's good again it's like no this is the actual thing that you had to go through in order to have it be have you have the growth or have it be good again it's so funny. I feel like there's a parallel between this. Oh, when do I share what I'm going through? Wait a second. When do I share my art with people that are close to me? <laughs> yeah. There's a parallel there. Yeah. Right. It, both of those things require self-reflection. It doesn't mean like, and it doesn't even mean share all details, right? It doesn't even mean like it, it all it means is just be available to yourself right, yeah. first, and also be available to others so that not that it's a one-way sharing. I'm not, I'm not like really uh, advocating for that. I'm saying an exchange. Right. I'm going yeah. through this. What are you going through? Where do those things overlap? What can we learn from each other? Like, what do you think I should do? Oh, yeah. I think maybe this might be a good idea for you. No, I don't agree. But, but you know, whatever it yeah, is, yeah, yeah. an exchange. And that's so important that you just said that because as we're going through this conversation, the one red flag that comes up is I just 
do not advise people, let's say somebody's going through a breakup, somewhat superficial, but whatever, and you're, you're feeling like self-pity and you're feeling sad and you go and write a song and you put it out there, but the intention and the energy behind it is sort of like, Ugh, I'm feeling so sad. Like, just listen to this and look, I'm so sad. Don't you see how sad I am? Shouldn't you reach out to me and tell me that it's okay? And that blah, blah, blah. like that kind of thing. I think that is like, maybe you should wait until you've worked through this a little bit more <laughs> before you go share it. So it's like, that's the little disclaimer. It's like, what, how are you, how are you approaching this? That's funny. I, and another thing that could happen, uh, let me know if this makes sense, is that we could get distracted by those feelings and start sharing the sadness before the song comes out that the song loses its effect. The song mm. could be perfect. The song could, could actually articulate what you're going through maybe better than the, the constant sort of updates. Yeah. The constant updates um, and like basic overexpression, if that's a thing, like, like, yeah inexhaustible expression for the sake of getting that sort of feedback prior to the song coming out so right so it's like how well do we know each other how well do we know what our intentions are related to our craft this is like the theme throughout the whole thing you know and yeah. you know i think that it's a it's a beautiful struggle and i think that artists are in a in a position to actually help everyone be more in tune if we're willing to do that work on a consistent basis you know what i mean a hundred percent yes oh i love it this was such a great conversation Bef i mean i'm sure we could talk for hours and hours on this so True. <laughs> yeah before we do tell us how we can connect with you keep up to date with you listen to your music and all that stuff sure so um uh George Tandy Jr. on Spotify and YouTube, and my Instagram is also George Tandy Jr. I haven't put out music in a while. I've actually been kind of lurking for the past two, three, <laughs> two, two, three years. I've been doing the work, you know, like I've just been kind of like, I don't feel obligated to put nothing out. But if you want to kind of see like a little bit of my journey, you can check those things out. Awesome. Thank you so much, George, for coming on the podcast today and spreading all of this enormous wisdom. This was amazing. Um, you'll have to come back again soon. I look forward to it. Thank you very much for the opportunity. You're awesome. Thanks, George. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.